0: Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Kurt Vonnegut's Mother Night is one of my absolute favorite novels, and it's been on my mind a lot recently. The story of, as the author puts it, a man who served evil too openly and good too secretly has an eerie resonance with the current state of the world. So naturally, when I saw that custom-made theater company was bringing an adaptation of the novel to the stage, I was sure to get there. I sat down with the producer of the show, and most of the cast, after a recent performance, I'll let them all introduce themselves. Take a listen. But I'd love to start with everyone's name on the mic, so let me know who you are and what you did on Mother Nights. Uh, we're going to start with the producer, because, Leo, we've met already, and then we're going to go around. Here we are.
1: Hi, I'm Leah Abrams. I was the producer and I'm the executive director of the Custom Made Theater Company.
0: And thankfully, the man playing, oh, I thought you were right there, you're not. I was gonna say, we to start with the man playing Mr. Campbell himself. We'll start with you. Sure, Uh, I'm Gabriel Greeley.
2: I play Howard W. Campbell Jr.
0: All right, and so many other members of the cast.
3: Hi, I'm Trish Lindstrom and I play Helga and Resi and a smattering of others.
4: Hello, I'm Eric Rice and I play Dr. Jones and other ensemble roles.
5: I'm Dave Sekula. I play Paul Joseph Goebbels, George Kraft, and and Andor Gutmann.
4: (laughs) I'm Matthew Van Oss. I play some characters including a young Jewish doctor, Eichmann from the Holocaust, and some others.
6: (laughs) I'm Andrea Gallo. I play Wurtinen, Epstein's mother, and uh, also some other roles.
0: And uh, it might not be obvious from the fact that I was very excited to introduce Mr. Campbell that um, I, this is one of my favorite novels of all time. So when I saw that this was going to be produced, I was like, uh, Karen, get me into the show, please. Uh, and the let me talk to these folks. So uh, Mr. Campbell, uh, Howard W. Campbell Jr. is like just one of <laughs> the iconic uh, just characters from fiction for me personally. Um, and if anyone hasn't read Mother Night, uh, we're not going to entirely spoil Mother Night because there's no way you could possibly do it. It's a freaking Vonnegut novel. <laughs> it, it's all about living out the, uh, the experience. So it's really fascinating to me that you've taken that experience and put it on stage. Um, With that preamble, I'm going to get into the typical question I always start at the top of the podcast. When you tell people, come to see this production of Mother Night, whether they've heard of Mother Night the novel, whether they've heard of Kurt Vonnegut, the author at all, how do you introduce them to what they're about to walk into? Because I feel like I had a head start. <laughs> how, how do you tell people what they're about to say? It's
2: funny that you say it's one of your favorite books, because I was at a bar on um, Sunday night after our show, because I went to see a friend of mine who works there, and another bartender overheard us talking, and he was like, that's one of my favorite books! So it's like, you're not the only one. It's interesting. I, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about Vonnegut before this. I had not read any of his books. Um, I wish Brian was here, because I'm sure he could really talk to that. I, I usually... Well, I mean, initially I was telling people, I'm on stage the whole show, and I I actually learned everything, I think, so if you come, come see me maybe I beautiful. won't mess it up, maybe I'll actually get it all right. But, um, I mean, yeah, I've been telling people that it's dark and sexy and complicated, and usually that's enough to sell them. I don't know. What do you yeah, just say? put sex in it, and anything. <laughs> I usually tell them,
3: have a drink. No, um, have a drink before you come. But that's most uh, stage play, straight plays. Um, that's all theater, period. Whatever. Like, uh, we're know.
0: talking about Germany here. I'm a student yeah. of Brecht, and he believed mm. you should, yeah. you know, smoke through the show. Don't smoke. Smoking's bad for you. Yeah. Drink through the show.
3: Yeah, I think come with an open heart, and, I mean, it's the story we're trying to tell. We're trying to just tell a story, so... Come if you want to see a story unfold, um, and and I love that time kind of jumps everywhere. It, it's a nightmare for us as actors. It's a real a nightmare. I should say it's a hearty challenge to jump mm. to leap. And I mean for for Gabriel particularly. And
0: you're also but. leaping between characters.
3: Yeah, uh, which is a treat. It's a treat and a half. It's a real and and we've been talking about backstage. I mean, um, Gigi has one job that is extremely difficult to stay on stage and continue that, but. The, another difficult job is to pop in and out. I find that very challenging is to kind of um, you only get a couple of moments and if you mess that, then you out know, oh, oh miss that. So then and then you have to just come back in for your another little episode. and so that that can be challenging. but it's nothing that isn't that isn't quite enjoyable.
1: It's also really, I think it politically, Um, Mm -hmm. The timeliness, when we did the production in San Francisco last year, it felt timely and then when we started gearing up this year, it was frightening Mm -hmm. how it's like you turn on the news in the morning and I get confused sometimes about, well, what era is this? And then I come see the play again and I'm like, it's like I'm watching the news.
0: Yeah, everything old is new again, and not in a good way mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to this sort of stuff. Um, who can give me like the quick, like, encapsulated version of what is the story of Mother Night? Who wants to, who wants to try? It's I, about I, a
6: dentist. <laughs> t- <laughs> 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 of course you would say um, that. It, that's right, who marries an older woman, in a way. No, that's <laughs> not it. It's It's about an American living in Germany uh, before the Second World War and during the Second World War, a writer who gets gets recruited to work undercover for America by uh, ingratiating himself with the Nazis. And that being said, it's about what happens to him then, what happens to him after, and how he reconciles himself to that.
0: That is a brilliant oh, summation, thank yeah. you. That's amazing, put that on, talk, talk to Karen, get that in the press, that's really good. Um, yeah, I think I can get that on a Tweet. <laughs> <laughs> just about, at least now that they've doubled it up, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, that's perfect. Um, I am really glad that you brought up like the timeliness of the piece because, um, you know, I just, I loved the complicated morality of, the, of the, the story, period, when I'd first read this, you know, however, 10, 15 years ago, and now, um, it's been on my brain a lot, like this, this play, like the moral of the play, um, that the, the moral of the book, <laughs> which he, you turned into the afterword, which he gives us the epigraph, uh, I loved that. So um, is that why you chose to do it? Is that why this play is here? Um, did it come out of uh, you know, 11, nine and feeling like you needed to do something?
1: The play has actually been um, in the back of the adapter director Brian's mind uh, for well over 20 years. Wow. He first mentioned it to me when we first met. Wow. So that's a long, long time ago. And uh, just a few years ago, he got really, as the politics were shaping up the way that they were, he got really obsessed with it again and decided I'm just gonna write a letter and see if I can get the rights to do this.
0: How does, this is, okay, also, beautiful segue, mm-hmm. how the hell does one get the rights to do <laughs> Vonnegut, and it's not, you know, Happy Birthday, One of June, which is also out and y'all should all mm-hmm. go see. Uh, Wheelhouse is, is amazing, they've been on the podcast a few times, they're also really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a play, like you can get rights to a play, how do you get rights to adapt an iconic novel? Uh,
1: so. At the time, the Vonne- Vonneguts had an estate, and it was run by the late Donald Farber, who wrote the book on producing theater, and he was an incredibly generous, wonderful human being, uh, who also explained to me that Vonnegut actually loved when people wanted to do things with his work.
0: No way. In his. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: his whole thing was that. Uh, having a play or a movie or whatever it was did not take away from the fact that the book existed in as it was and it just got more people to appreciate it. So he was really, really generous. He passed away in the middle of the process. Yeah. and Yeah, me too. Um, and his associate took over and was equally generous and yeah, they just wanted it to happen.
0: I'd let that be a lesson to you aspiring indie theater creators. Have the have the guts to just ask, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. creators are out there that are really stoked about this. So, speaking of creators, I have almost a full cast. I have to go into like a little bit more of the, um, you know, that create that that aspect of the creation of this show. Um, I understand there's there's one of you who was in the original San that's Francisco me. cast. Okay, so and now we have a New York cast. Mm-hmm. Um, are you playing the same track? Yeah. Okay. So, talk to me a little bit about like what that's like. Did you, you got to help develop this,
5: right? Uh, no yes and no I mean it was it was really i won't say a finished piece when we started it, but there wasn't a lot I think there was actually more input from the cast this time of things oh, wow. things that we wanted put back or things that needed to be added or subtracted um, but my recollection of the original production was just we got up and did it and there were some there were some tweaks, but not a lot of major changes. And now I mean the thing I keep saying is the advantage I have over you guys is that I had in San Francisco I had a full six weeks of rehearsal and we had a four or five week run. And then I got here and we had two and a half weeks and we've been running it three weeks now. So I had a running start and I just my heart has gone out to you guys because you're still, uh, tonight, a, a bunch of stuff happened that never happened before, and we're, we're still learning the play, learning how to play it, and I at least had that head start, but you guys you know, just had to, because the short rehearsal period, just had to hit the ground running, so my heart just went out to you guys of just trying to, to catch up with what we had to do.
6: And
3: so he buys us snacks as collateral, as <laughs> a, <laughs> just sympathy snacks for for the dressing room. So
5: thank you. <laughs> yeah, goldfish. Thank you.
0: Well, and as you mentioned earlier, like this play is told. Uh, I don't, I'm not not giving too much away in saying that this is uh, very much a, almost like a memory play for Mr. Campbell, and uh, we're following, we're jumping back and forth in time because we're following his train of thought. Yeah. So you have what might feel like non sequiturs as you're jumping around. We're yeah. moving between. At, I mean, actors are moving between characters as we roll through um two and a half week rehearsal process uh yeah just How how you guys are crushing it, but like, how was it to put this together?
2: Well, you're seeing is now the the first weekend. I was like utterly terrified that I I was gonna crash and burn the show. That I was, I kept saying to Brian, like my biggest fear is that I just like start a scene that's in the second act and we're in the first act, and I and then we just missed like you know 20 pages of the play. (laughs) How am I gonna go back? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I just knew that it had to happen, so I did it. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. I think, Dave, it's very true what Dave said. I feel like we're really discovering this in performance. It's really been growing. I felt like it took about a week of doing shows to really start to feel like I was at the point where I knew the material well enough that I could really um, immerse myself in it on a different level and play a little bit more, you know? Like it feels a lot more loose now. Like he was saying like there's certain scenes that feel totally different from day to day, um, which I think just comes from confidence and comes from trusting that, you know, I, it used to be that halfway through a scene, I'd have to be like, okay, in the back of my head, I'd have to be like, well, what am I doing next? Where do I go next? <laughs> do I, am I ready for this? Now like am I, move and now I don't, right, that's not really, like I can just be present in a different way because I'm not concerned about that. It used to be I'd get to the end of the scene and. I just had a fraction of a moment where I was like, terrified every time, and I had where I looked around and was like, where do I go next? (laughs) So now, thankfully, we're past that phase. Uh, I think
6: we all had some of that, though. Not only you. I think we all uh, early on had that, uh, what's next? What's next? What's next? Um, I have a cheat sheet (laughs) backstage that I still look at, um, just to make sure that I know what what I'm doing Mm -hmm. next Mm -hmm. but it it doesn't seem like uh, Gabriel it doesn't seem like he ever was like that no he says it but (laughs) once we we did it it at least for my part it didn't feel like he wasn't there he was searching it seemed like oh okay I I'm working with somebody that is going to catch me if I fall
0: the key to a good ensemble.
4: I think also too that I don't know that any of us had really worked together before. I worked with both of you, but we were cast back in like mid-April, I think, or we were auditioning cast. So, we, and we knew there was going to be a short rehearsal process. So I think, and it was understood that we'd have to have lines after week one. And I think just for me, knowing that you're coming into a group of six other actors, you definitely want to be at your best and you're open. You know, to just sort of learn how to, you know, uh, just getting to know each other, Uh, and and knowing too that collectively, Gigi had more lines than any one of us, or probably all (laughs) of us collectively together. together, It was uh, no, it was it was just uh, uh, immediately humbling, and it's been a joy that whole process uh, having Gigi carry the, uh, you know, the uh, the water or you know the. Rowing the heavy or whatever you know, whatever phrase you want to use, it's just very humbling. It sort of keeps you on point.
3: Mm-hmm. And there's a trust, like you say, that that um, I love this feeling of wanting to be be there and be at my best to support this uh, everyone, but particularly Gigi, is most of my scenes with Gigi. Is that because it, 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 it's um, you know when you admire, have admiration and respect for. For the for the your colleagues, it's like well, I, everyone is kind of going. Let's just kind of it raises the bar every yeah. time. the bar is gets raised by your fellow by yeah. by your team, and that is like there's nothing better because it it pushes you to just not just s- sit back and and do any kind of autopilot. It's like no no, let's let's like how much can we play? And it's it's very cool. I would
0: love to get your feedback on. Um the reception of the play, like how people are, are reacting to this, um, it. I guess um, I'm always curious uh, as someone who comes to the theater for big ideas and comes to the theater for um, you know difficult work, which Mother Night is a very difficult work in whatever form it lives. Um, sometimes theater audiences aren't looking for difficulties uh, and. How, w- what have your experiences been? Like, are you uh, have you had anything from the audience that was like, oh my God, we just like totally forced that group of old ladies out of the house? <laughs> or two, like, oh my God, that group of old ladies has like had their mind blown. Like, what? It, it, w- anything interesting popped up?
1: There was one tonight, actually. Um,
0: I think they didn't know what they were in for. They yeah, were right behind there
1: me. there was, uh, so a woman left fairly early uh, and I checked in with the theater about was she alright and it turns out she was a holocaust survivor and she didn't expect it to hit her that hard.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Oh
1: crap. So that was that was fascinating to me. Wow. I would, I, it just wouldn't have occurred to me that oh that yes this is very difficult material and if you're coming from that. That wow. was surprising. Yeah.
5: Wow. Yeah, I mean, most nights, it's uh, there's a you can tell they're listening, but it's it's quiet. But you'll mm-hmm. hear little reactions throughout the house or little chuckles. Some nights, some nights they laugh at everything, and other nights it's just you. I hear things, you know, through the house of you know, something landing or somebody laughing at some ironic point, or um, yeah, I mean. It's, it's a cliche, but every audience is different. Yeah. And I don't think any two audiences of this have reacted at all the same. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know. It's, yeah. it,
2: there was one woman tonight who was laughing at everything, and yeah. I don't yeah. think it was you. It <laughs> no, because I, no. I know your laugh. I know your laugh, funny. and so I was like, someone's laughing at everything, and I don't think it's Leah. So I think some people might be familiar with the novel. They obviously come in, you know, with an advantage. I also think some people just may really appreciate the humor and the sensibility. You know, it's He's a really so specific funny. sensibility, but there's a. You know, there's a drollness and a darkness to it that that I hope that we've captured a little bit. That I think is not everybody's cup of tea. You know, but on the other hand, you know, we're always we're getting laughs in places that I don't always expect to get laughs. I don't know. And then sometimes we don't like your New Jersey line tonight. Nobody laughed at yeah. that, which I think <laughs> oh, is like no, never, to me, that's like a fail safe New York line. I like, no, 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 nobody else
0: is laughing. I better
2: no. not. <laughs> but usually that line like brings down the house, it, so it, it, does, it's hard to it know. does.
4: But I, I make sure to, with that line, I mean, I'm from California and I've never quite grasped this. Cruel thing that New Yorkers have <laughs> against New Jersey, <laughs> oh, and God, so God. I, I, you know, I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm, it's, it's my line. I'm happy to deliver it, and I, I, and Dr. Jones is very, you know, I mean, it's his home, um, but uh,
0: but yeah, last one you mentioned Schenectady, so oh, okay. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, so.
4: Um,
2: I, I, I yeah. looked into doing a Schenectady accent, by the way, for a little bit. I was like, "Is I wonder if there's a Schenectady, but it was like, it, there was nobody... Not really. You know, no, not really. Not really so anyways, I, I threw that idea out pretty early, but I did I did look into it. I researched it. <laughs> I may have been the first one to Google Schenectady accent to see oh, if there man. actually was You might have been the first one to
0: Google Schenectady in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Upstate, I love you. Um, but,
2: I, but I also think... Um, I mean, obviously, the play is going to be such a different experience for somebody like Leah was talking about versus someone in their 20s who doesn't have the frame of reference for this, or even. I mean, I think often, like my parents, my parents are both born in 1945. You know, which to me is kind of wild that like they were born right at the time when this war was ending, because I feel like it feels like so many lifetimes ago, but it was really just in their lifetime. You know, for me. And obviously there's people coming to this play who live through that we do have a lot of older houses and then yeah. I feel like our Friday and Saturday nights are different and in general have a different energy do you guys feel that way because I, I feel like the rest of the week tends to be one demographic and then those performances to me seem like it's a younger audience and they maybe react to things differently I don't
3: know
0: well it's, uh, it is worth coming to react to. Um, so uh, the show is Mother Night, adapted from Kurt Vonnegut's novel. We are at 59 East 59th in uh, Theater B. And uh, you'll run through when? When do you close?
1: November 3rd.
0: Tickets and more information can be found at?
1: www.59E59.org.
0: And the company, the producing company?
1: Custom Made Theater Company. Brilliant,
0: you're on the internets too, right?
1: Yes, awesome. www.custommade.org. Brilliant.
4: And that's seven shows a week, six days a week, so we've got one for you.
1: <laughs> Heck
5: yeah.
0: <laughs> Do the work, love it. Uh, thank you all so much for doing this, and uh, break thank legs on the rest you. of the run. Thanks.
6: Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you, Leah, Gabriel, Trish, Eric, Dave, Matthew, and Andrea for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Kurt Vonnegut's Mother Night at 59E59 Theatres, 59 East 59th Street in Manhattan through November 5th, 2018. Head to custommade.org or 259E59.org for links to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and like and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Ganyo. You can find me on the internet at robertgaino, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Thanks for you. doing this. Let's, Hard let's, away. It's always wild past? to get so many people from the cast. It's great.